these small businesses represent over 90% of all businesses worldwide. They're also responsible for two-thirds of job creation. And when you look at this economically, there is a social impact because these businesses recruit women, youth, the more vulnerable groups. Hello, this is the weekly Tradecast podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at small businesses and ways to help them push through economic turmoil and prepare for an uncertain future. Micro, small and medium enterprises are the bedrock of economies by employing the most people and putting money back into communities. But first, with the COVID pandemic and now the war in Ukraine, many businesses are fighting for survival as costs of goods, energy and financing stay high and consumers tighten their belts. For countries already struggling, the tough times threaten to undo any limited gains for trade, investment and gender equality and sustainable development. So how can we help smaller businesses to survive and thrive? Well, Joining me now to find out is lawyer Arlette Verplug, Head of Entrepreneurship Development for UNCTAD. With high-profile partnerships and projects, she's dedicated to empowering women and young people through business ventures. She also leads the Emprotec Women in Business Awards and launched the UNCTAD Youth Network. Well, welcome to the show, Arlette. Thanks for coming today. Thank you, Sarah. Nice being here. Great. Well, why are micro, small and medium companies so important to the economies? Because if you think compared to larger ones that employ thousands of people. Yes, well, micro, small and medium sized enterprises, it's a long word. We often mm-hmm. also uh, refer to them as SMEs or MSMEs. Mm-hmm. They're all about people. And it's really about their passion, their ideas, opportunities they see and how they contribute to society. So, for instance, this morning on your way to work, did you go grab a coffee on the way? Most likely it's a small business, a flower shop. Everybody can relate to small businesses. Some of the nice discussions I've had was, for example, with a successful uh, Indian businessman who, when his wife was seriously ill, promised to return to his big passion producing tea. It's also about a mom and pop shop in Malaysia whose couple used to get up at impossible hours in the morning to get produce from farmers and to sell during the day in their shop. And now, thanks to a tech startup, and actually we trained the founder, now are able to order online and get the produce in their shop and being able having a family at times. So it's all stories we can relate mm. to. But it's also the negative side uh, or the more complicated side, which is the informal sector. Those entrepreneurs that are working under the radar. They're not registered, their businesses. So any support scheme you were referring to COVID and so on or training, they're not part of it. And that's, of course, uh, a situation that we need to amend. So when we look at the importance of all these small businesses, they represent over 90% of all businesses worldwide. They're also responsible for two thirds of job creation. 
And when you look at this economically, there is a social impact because these businesses recruit women, youth, the more vulnerable groups. And of course, they help in community building. I mean, think of local football clubs where you, you're looking for a sponsor. Who do you turn to? A business you know around the corner. Uh, so the impact that small businesses have in communities and indeed, as you say, a backbone of economies is huge. So we can see just how important they really are. So we need to keep these businesses afloat. What does it mean for economies, development and gender equality? Every business starts small. So, of course, the smaller the business, the more agile it can be when you're looking at crisis and so on. But now for developing countries, any entrepreneur you will be talking to, the number one difficulty, the challenge they have is access to funding. Larger businesses have some reserves they can tap into in difficult times, uh, small business not. And as we see today, we're coming out of complete world lockdown where businesses suffered a lot. But now you see inflation in interest rates, you see logistics being difficult, production and so on. So these challenges, of course, hit MSMEs, small businesses a lot. So access to finance, trying to stay afloat and find most of all a financial service that fits the needs of business. Because what we've seen is that often entrepreneurs are defined as one kind of category. But entrepreneurs, they're many different kinds, and they all need different needs, including in financing, including in training how to properly pitch when you're doing fundraising, and what would be the best financial service for your business. A second difficulty they face is talent management. Many people that enter the job market are looking for jobs with reasonable working hours, a fixed salary, and then most of them look at large businesses. So small businesses see a lot of turnover and these people, you need to train them. So it's a big investment that they make. Thirdly, you look at mindset changes. We've seen now digitalization is changing the world of economy a lot. Consumer trends are changing and so on. And for businesses to stay afloat, and it's not only the large ones, but also the small ones, they need to change their business plan. So I was, for example, talking about a mom and pop shop. What about uh, this shop now that it, it orders online, it's produced? Can it also receive purchase orders online and uh, work with a logistics company to make home deliveries? These kind of things, as the world changes, businesses need to adapt. And that requires a mindset change from businesses as well. So what can we do to particularly help vulnerable countries from falling even further behind, though, because they may not be able to entice investment? Yes, it's a very important issue, of course. And with the COVID pandemic, we've seen that those businesses, for example, that had already adopted uh, digitalization, and uh, that were part of large networks, they were better able to confront the crisis and overcome it. Now, for vulnerable countries, what is very important is, first of all, if we look at what a government can do, is to have a clear entrepreneurship strategy. This needs to be visible, preferably online. It is very important for governments, for example, to have a national entrepreneurship strategy with a long-term vision and that is preferably well accessible online. This will allow businesses to project themselves into the future. It will attract investors. So with a clear strategy, governments can also talk to investors and set up a national investment plan for businesses. This is a low-hanging fruit 
route that could be looked at. Now, for businesses themselves, of course, if you look at vulnerable countries, digitalization may be a big obstacle. So it's important to try to see what can be done to overcome this and pull in the businesses into using digital tools and so on so that they can access markets and, as any other business, fairly participate. Here as well, what could be looked at is larger businesses that could step in and help. Uh, You can think of procurement, you can think of advisory, mentoring services. And here, looking, for example, special economic zones, most countries have one. So how can they help with the larger businesses promote small businesses in or around uh, special economic zones? You can also think of city planning development. It might sound off track, but here as well, if you have a clear plan how to develop your city in vulnerable countries also are facing sometimes large populations. So how can you plan your city economically and think of clusters or others linking universities, research institutions, and then again, businesses so that jobs are created? These are a few things that can be looked at that would help vulnerable countries overcome many obstacles. What support should the international community be offering and what solutions has UNCTAD been offering to help these small and medium enterprises grow sustainably and compete globally? UNCTAD is the author of the report of the Secretary General to the General Assembly, where we highlight the relevance of entrepreneurship and the main challenges they face. Last year, we issued a report where resilience was, of course, very important. And here, entrepreneurship is then linked to the greening of economies. It's linked uh, to urbanization. It's linked to women development, youth development. Uh, how to deal with refugees and migrants to integrate them into economies, many issues that we're looking at and how the the angle of entrepreneurship can tap into this. We also have in October the World Investment Forum, where there will be a ministerial roundtable on entrepreneurship, where again, best practices can be heard from, from countries. How did they deal with COVID? How are they promoting entrepreneurship from which other countries again can learn? So these kind of things, Angta is trying to promote really discussion among member states, but also, of course, we assist governments uh, in national entrepreneurship strategies. We give advice uh, how this can be set up. We directly help uh, entrepreneurs, and this is through a program that was already set up in 1988. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so far 500,000 entrepreneurs have been trained. So here we offer training, but also services to set up, but also scale up businesses that we have. Great. Well, thank you so much, Arlette, for coming in today. That was UNCTAD's Arlette Verplug, who was this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.